Hi everyone, this is Jessica Chen and you are listening to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Each episode is meant to teach and inspire you to find new ways to level up your speaking skills. Because here's the truth, it's possible and I'm so thrilled you're here. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the follow button and share this episode with your friends and family. Now let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Communicating Confidently podcast. Today's episode is about building your career brand workshop style, meaning it is going to be me teaching you the strategies and tips on how you can think about building a career brand. Because the truth is, for many of us, we don't really think about this too much. We think about going into work and working hard and, of course, hitting our goals and performance. But The career brand is the side of us where when people think of us, they hear our name. What comes to mind? We actually have to think about this strategically because like I always say, if we don't control our own career brand, other people are going to do it for us. So if you are ready, we're going to dive straight into the content. So hopefully you're ready. Let's get into it. Let me first start off by talking about why it doesn't come very naturally for us. Well, the truth is it doesn't come naturally for us because of what I call many of us are living in what I call these world of dualities. What does this mean? This means that we know the working us, but we don't often think about the visible us. Now, I'm going to outline these two things, and if this resonates with you, put it into the chat function if you're like, absolutely, I can see myself in this. So I'm going to explain the two differences. Many of us were raised to work hard, to make sure that we go into work and we do good work, that we're a good team player, that we hit our deadlines, right? This is what is the working us. You see it here. We got to hit our deadlines. We got to meet our goals. We got to turn things in on time and we have to be a good contributor. For many of us, we were raised with these hardworking principles, including myself. You know, my parents were, were immigrants here to the U.S. And for them, they were like, you know, we sacrifice so much for you that we want to make sure that you are constantly working just as hard because we want to make sure you're succeeding. So these are some of the things that I remember my parents would always tell me. So of course, when I started working, it was about putting my head down and doing the work. And I took it seriously. But I think for many of us, it doesn't take long to see that it's not just working hard. It's also this other side, the visible us. Meaning, do you see here, when people at work see us? Do they recognize the work that we do? Do they know the contributions that we're making? Are we able to advocate for ourselves? And perhaps most importantly, how do we make sure that we are top of mind? Being top of mind is how we can make sure that when the big opportunities happen, Or when there's a meeting happening, and let's say we're not in that meeting, do people think of us and say our names? Because we know in the working world, a lot of times decisions are made in meetings that we're not necessarily in. Do people remember us? Do they remember the work that we're doing? This is what I mean about being in these world of dualities, that sometimes we just live in this world of we work hard, right? Yes, 
we do work hard. And this is especially true for a lot of my technical and analytical folks. You are so smart at what you do. You're so good at what you do, but you cannot necessarily think about how do I position myself to talk about the work that I do? That is the visible us. So this is a very important way to start off this talk because in order for us to have this, I see that is just as important. That is how we can start to build those skills because everything I'm going to be talking about today is the visible us. I have no doubt many of you are working so hard, but many of us don't have the time to really think about the visible us. And that is why we're talking about our career brand today, because here's the truth. If you are invisible, if people don't know what you're doing, if people don't see you, like they know that you're working, but they don't really know what you're doing, that means you're basically invisible. And in the working world, this is the truth. Perception is reality. It does not matter how hard you work, which again, you all are working hard. If people don't recognize it and they don't appreciate it or they don't see the value in it, and here's the thing, sometimes you have to be the one to talk about it so they see it. Because in the working world, you know, we're all busy, right? Our managers are busy. You know, sometimes they don't always know what's going on, which is why advocating for ourselves and making sure people understand the value of it is so incredibly important because perception is reality. You know, how many of us have those coworkers who were like, dang, like I'm doing way better work, but they seem to be getting all the credit. It's probably because they know it's really about being visible. I certainly have felt that way before where I'm like, wait a second, I'm working twice as hard. I'm staying overtime. I'm doing extra work. But why is it that like, it seems like my manager always is like gravitating towards them? Gosh, it's probably one of the worst feelings, right? But again, we don't think about this, which is why we're talking about career brand. So let me share with you a really quick story about how this came to light for me and this idea of staying top of mind. So you know how earlier I mentioned that I used to be a television journalist? So there was one time where we had our meeting as a team, and my boss had mentioned that the U.S. Thunderbirds they were coming into town. So for those of you who are not familiar, they're an air flight squadron. So they go from city to city and they do performances. So it's usually an event for families where all these planes fly together and you can go and watch them as a family. A lot of kids really love it. So as a journalist, we had the opportunity. They were going to let one person, one reporter fly with them. Okay, I'm not scared of like heights or anything like that. So when I heard that they were going to allow one reporter at our at our at our office go with them, I told my boss I would love to be the one to ride with them. And I remember my manager goes, "Okay, Jessica, no worries. We will get you a media pass." To the the day before the event comes, we're all sitting in the editorial meeting again. And then my manager is going through the story. He says, "Okay, the Thunderbirds, they're coming tomorrow. Um, Brooke, you're going to be doing the story. You know that feeling when you're like looking forward to something so bad and you were thinking about it and how you're going to do it? Because I had about two weeks to think about this. I was just thinking about how I was going to do it. And it's like somebody just like pulled it and yanked it away from me. And it's like my heart just sank to my stomach. 
You know, it's like, again, that feeling of you wanting something and it was pulled away. So at that point, it bothered me so much. Like I wasn't really sure why was the why was a project handed off to somebody else. So at the end of the meeting, I walked over to my manager and I was like, hey, Matt, just curious, you know, why is Brooke doing the story? I mentioned that I had wanted to do it. I remember this so clearly. My manager turns to me and he goes, oh, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. It was just, Brooke, she kept talking about this and she was just top of mind. Now, I truly feel like my manager wasn't being like malicious or anything. I think it was just human nature. You know, my colleague, Brooke, she had no problems being visible. She probably spent the few days before this event talking about how excited that she was and everything. And my boss heard that. For some reason, I thought just asking for something one time was enough. But that's the thing. Sometimes it's not. And we have to get really good about talking about the things that we do, because if not, opportunities will just be given away. So I share this. It's a very personal story. I share this story because this was a huge aha moment of why I was like, wait a second. We have to think about being top of mind. So for me, I had to reframe how I thought about talking about my career, talking about my work. And that is essentially why we're here because a lot of us are like, okay, I get it. And I feel what you're saying, Jessica, but how? How do I actually do this? So I'm going to share with you a few strategies and I'm going to link it back to communications because that's what I teach. So I'm going to share with you how you can think about working. And this, it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted. I'm going to share with you how you can talk about your work so that people understand and it can be powerful and influential. So there's going to be two things I'm going to be sharing with you today. Number one is this. I'm going to be teaching you how to build credibility. Credibility in the workplace is so important because it's what people think of you when they hear your name. Are you just somebody who can get work done or are you somebody who can get work done and add value? That's credibility. The second part is I'm going to be talking about advocating for yourself. So this is now we're entering part two of our time together today. I'm just going to share really quickly. I'm going to be getting real tactical, meaning I'm going to be sharing exactly the communication strategies. So if this is the first time you're joining one of our lives, I want to share, here's a QR code because we send you all the notes from our events, including all the things I'm going to be talking about here today. It's what we call our VIP communications pass. It's going to include the notes from today, as well as actually notes from all our other events that we host here. So if you cannot attend our future events or just time and scheduling conflict, you won't ever miss the things that I'm sharing during these events, because we basically send it all to you in these notes, which is inside our VIP communications pass. And the QR code is right here. So if you didn't get a chance to write down what I'm about to share with you, everything we're going to be sending it to you, it's this QR code, or you can just go to soulcastmedia.com slash VIP, and it'll get you to the VIP pass. Okay. So let's get started about talking about building credibility and advocating for yourself? And what are the communication skills that are needed to help get you there? All right, let's first talk about some misconceptions. This is how we can set the foundation. 
a career brand isn't about being agreeable. Now, this is a really important point. Many of us want to be liked. Many of us want our team, our manager to think we're a team player. Of course, right? But it doesn't mean saying yes all the time to the things people hand to us. Because many of us sometimes will find that if we say yes to too many things, too many small things, that suddenly we become that default person. And time is valuable, right? If we say yes to too many things, we are also saying no to other things indirectly because our time is limited. So let me just say, being agreeable and saying yes is not really a career brand. Another thing, just doing the work is also not a career brand. Remember how I talked about the working us and the visible us? Well, the working us, it's expected, right? We go into work and we, of course, we are expected to do the work, but just doing the work isn't a career brand. Anybody can be hardworking. I mean, everybody should be hard, hardworking, right? But that's actually not a career brand. Here's another thing. We cannot assume people will know what we're doing. Like I talked about earlier, right? For me, I thought just saying something one time was enough. Gosh, that was a, that was a shock because I was like, wait a second. No, you have to talk about your work because you cannot assume people will know. The thing is, people need to see you and see the good work that you're doing to know the good work that you're doing. Do you see it here? People have to see the good work that you're doing to know the good work and the impact that you're having. I'm just going to let that internalize and just kind of settle for a little bit. These are the career brand misconceptions that we just got to get rid of. Okay, now that we've got rid of that, let's talk about what is it what do you need to do to build a credibility in the workplace? All right. In the communications world, we say you need two things. Number one, you need to prioritize what we call mission critical work. Mission critical work basically is work that's the things that you want to do. Things that have good ROI, right? Things that can help you get to that next level job, help you elevate a certain skill, mission critical work. But not just that. Building credibility also requires you to do this. Communicate the process. You see, I'm always linking it back to communications. A person who can build credibility in the workplace is very mindful about taking on mission critical work but also being proactive in talking about what they're doing and what is going on. So in the present, what is going on? It is a never-ending process, and you constantly have to be thinking about this and finding opportunities to exercise both of them. If you're writing this down or you're thinking about this, let me dive into more details of what this means, starting with mission-critical work. So how do you identify mission-critical work? Well, this these are projects that will help bolster how you want to be seen. If you want to be seen as an expert in this, if you want to be seen as somebody who knows this skill or have this ability, you have to take on those projects that will help bolster. So many of us 
get hired for a specific role, right? And we go in, we do the job. But maybe after a few years, we're like, I'm kind of interested in expanding my expertise and maybe learning a little bit more about something else, right? For many of us, this is that growth mindset. And many of us, maybe a few years in, we start thinking about what else, right? So if this is maybe where you're at right now, you want to look around and see who do I need to talk to? Who do I need to connect with? What kind of even like volunteer work can I do to build up this skill? Which is why you have to ask yourself these questions. What do you want to be an expert in? How do you want to be seen? Are you currently doing work at your organization, in your group, in your department that will bolster that? Who can you connect with that can help mentor or sponsor you to help you find those opportunities? What can you do? Now, this is where I have to say for my women who are here and watching right now, we do have to be extra careful because for many of us, and this is not a statistic that I'm just sharing. This is something that research has done that many times it is the women who get thrown what we call the office housework. It's those like little projects of like planning parties or organizing this event that doesn't necessarily help give us that expertise. But we do it because, of course, we want to be nice and helpful. And that's great. But we have to be mindful of not taking on too much of that because why? Time. Our time is limited. So this is just for my women out there. You have to be thinking about this because any office housework takes away from time of doing mission critical work. Because here's the thing. We talk about perception. Every action counts. Every project that you do, everything that you say yes to, when people see it, they start to identify you as that being the work that you do. I wish they taught us this honestly in school a little bit more, but I think this is very important in being more strategic in the workplace. So let's talk about communicating the process. Communicating the process basically means being proactive. How can you keep people up to date with what you are doing? Now, for many of us, it's easy to do this when it's good news. It's easy to talk about work when there's good stuff happening. but when we have bad news, we have to think about this as well. So when it comes to good news, what do we say? Well, right now, it might be like, hey, FYI, I just want to let you know. I want to give you a quick update, right? When something good is happening, we do this because we're happy too. But like I said, when it comes to bad news at work, when things are not going as planned, we actually have to double down on communicating. Now, for many of my maybe more shy, timid, and introverted people, many of us are like, we we hate conflict, right? We don't like conflict. We rather avoid conflict and confrontation. So what does that mean? We might just try to like fix it ourselves. We might just kind of like put our head down and maybe the problem will just go away. How many of us feel that way? So when bad news happens, sometimes we can default to that. But like I said, communicating the process you got to double down, especially when it's bad news. How do you do this? Well, you have to think about context. You have to set people's expectations and you have to offer solutions. This is it. Write these three points down. It's thinking about if there's bad news happening, things are not going as planned, how can you think about 
What do people know already? What do I need to inform them on? What information can I share with them? How do I set their expectations? Because we know in the working world, when expectations and reality, when they don't mesh, that's when people start getting surprised, disappointed. And what happens? People then look bad, right? So how can you set people's expectations? And more importantly, how can you offer solutions? You don't want to be the kind of person who's like, this is all the problems. You want to think these are the problems and this is what I've already thought about as some ways we can move forward. Solutions. The key here is if you can exercise context, set expectations, offer solutions when you're communicating the process, this, this is how people begin to trust your judgment. I talk to a lot of leaders and they always tell me that when they assign people projects, even though they know it's a challenging project, they rather assign it to a person who might be a little less experienced, but they trust that they will communicate to them when things don't go right. People are more hesitant to give somebody something to do if they feel like that person won't communicate when trouble happens. And in the working world, things don't always go as planned, right? So think about that. If you want to think about building credibility, you have to think about how can you communicate the process in good times and in bad times. Okay, this is the final part of advocating for yourself. And let me share with you what I think about advocating. We got to get out of the mindset of thinking it's not self-serving. Advocating for yourself is not self-serving. It's also not selfish. You advocate because you care about the work that you're doing. For many of us who come from more, you know, conservative or even more humble backgrounds, right? The thought of boasting, talking about yourself, relishing in your work and praising yourself, it is so uncomfortable. It's not in our nature to do that. I understand. I talk about this a lot. And for many of us, it's not about not being humble. It's about reframing humility. You can still talk about the work that you're doing. You got to talk about the work that you're doing. But how can you do it in a way that doesn't feel so just about yourself? That is why, and this is what I talk a lot about here on LinkedIn. I'm just touching upon it right now today. But it's like, how can we think about talking about our work, even though it may not feel the most natural for us? This is how I want you to reframe it. The work that you're doing, it's great. You are doing work that, of course, hopefully you're enjoying, but there's actually a bigger impact to it. Every small thing you do at work, there's a greater impact. Communicate that impact. Let me say that again. Communicate that impact to other people. When you can reframe that humility to think about others and the impact, it feels less about yourself and like, oh, look at me, because it's not about looking at me. It's it's about, hey, this work that I'm doing, look at how darn amazing it is for the team, for the organization, for for our clients, right? These are just some examples. If you can frame it that way, people will see, wow, I can see what you're talking about. Okay. But then here's the thing. Advocating for yourself also requires you to talk about your work. It also requires you to ask for things that won't necessarily be handed to you. 
Now, I'm going to share with you a communications strategy right now. It's called Mastering the Ask, and it's actually a framework. And by the way, when I share this framework with folks, people love writing this down because it is applicable to anything that you're doing in the workplace. So when you want to ask for something, which is part of advocating for yourself, because we cannot assume people will always give us what we want. We have to ask for it. How can we ask for something in a way that feels more natural and comfortable? This is where I want to introduce to you. Do you see it? It's called a SAW framework. And it is how you want to structure your communications so people understand the value quickly. The S starts with strong case. The A is now align objectives, and the W is now why you. Take a look and internalize this. The SAW framework is how you can structure your communications when you're asking for something so people understand why you're asking for it and the value. So if you want to use this framework, you have to ask yourself a few questions. When you first start off your, your ask or your communications or your talking, you have to answer these questions. Why are you asking for this right now? Why right now? Timeliness is very important. If you want to be a strategic communicator, you have to answer why now and who is it going to benefit and why. By the way, if I'm going through this too fast, get our VIP communications pass because this is where we share with you all the notes from today's event. Why now? Who will it benefit and why? If you answer those questions and you start off with that, people will understand, oh, I see what you're saying. Next, align objectives. Now we know anytime we're asking our manager for something, they're thinking about budget, the cost, money, time, resources, right? They're always thinking about that. If we can answer that question, it makes our ask so much stronger. So where will the money, the time, the resources, where will that come from? Answer that. What is the ROI, the return on investment? You're asking for this. How is it going to benefit the team or the organization? If they give this to you, right, whatever it is that you want, how is it going to benefit? And then finally, the W. Why are you asking for this? Now you loop in you. This is where you have to answer. Why are you the right fit? Why do you want to do this? Many of us, when we ask for something, we start with the why, why us, right? But if we want to be a strategic speaker, we have to think about it a little bit differently. We have to reverse. Start off with a strong case, align objectives, and then why you? That is the SAW framework. Oh my goodness, didn't this time go by so fast? I hope you all are enjoying this workshop. I love doing this and I love bringing this into different organizations to teach them how to think about their career, their communications a little bit more differently. So let's do a quick review of all the things I talked about today. I started by talking about credibility and how we can build it. We talked about finding and identifying those mission critical projects and communicating the process. And then I talked about advocating for yourself, which I just did, and using the SAW framework. But ultimately, a career brand is a mindset. It's not just the working us, it's also the visible us. What do people see when they hear our name. And I would sum up our career brand like this. Being able to talk about our work, 
being able to care about the work that we do, knowing the impact it has on others, and finding ways to proactively communicate it to build visibility, that, that, my friend, is a career brand. And this is what we need to be thinking about in addition to the work and the hard work that we're putting in every day. Because again, and I cannot reiterate this enough, it is not enough to just work hard. Working hard is not a career brand. Working hard is expected. A career brand is how you want people to see you when they hear your name, when you walk into a room, when they see your name pop up in a Zoom meeting. They're like, oh, there's Bex, there's Dan, there's Jessica, there's Jennifer, Serene, right? Like that is what you want them to think about. And let me tell you, this is how I'm going to end today. If we don't invest the time in crafting our own career brand, other people are going to do it for us. I shared this earlier. Before you know it, we become that default person who just does that, that work. But it might not be the work we want to do. So that is what I mean. If we don't think strategically about our career brand, other people will create that career brand for us. So with that, I just want to give a big thank you. I hope you all enjoyed today's workshop event about building your career brand. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're inspired to begin improving your communications confidence, well, we'd love to help. Join our monthly communications membership where I teach a brand new communications workshop every single month. Or become a VIP member to access our best communications articles for life. Or maybe get one-on-one coaching with one of our board of communicators. We offer so many ways for you to learn and it's all housed on our website, soulcastmedia.com. Check it out and happy communicating.